I've been exposed to weights, plates, barbells my whole life. My dad had one of those old school, rickety, York multi-use benches in the basement back in the day. It had the bench press set up, you know, with the makeshift leg extension. The piece of shit could probably hold about 150 pounds if you were lucky. And it was always a life or death moment when you would re-rack the bar. The whole thing would sway like a fucking willow tree. And sometimes a screw would fall out, hit the floor, and you would never be able to quite figure out where it came from. The plates that my dad had were filled with cement. You drop one of those bad boys, you'd have to duct tape it back together and accept the fact that now your 20 pound plate was more like 18 and a half. It wasn't much, but it was something and it was enough to keep lifting in my childhood. I'd watch my dad go down the basement every day, do curls, push-ups, sit-ups, typical meathead bro logic. And it wasn't until much later in life that I realized there was some strategy to this game and my dad was playing it all wrong. My first year of university, I was pretty dead set on learning more. Because up until that point, doing whatever the hell I was doing, it wasn't working. So I bought books, I read articles, I searched the forums, I raided the internet. I was obsessed. I wanted to know the ins and outs of every program, the principles, why they worked, what results they could achieve. And I admit, I was a bit of a program hopper. I would do one program for two or three weeks not see the results that I wanted, and then jump on to the next one. And sometimes I would take two programs if I liked them. I combine them into one, make this hybrid baby program, and completely fuck up the entire thing. Patience in the game of lifting is a virtue, so they say, and apparently at the time, I didn't possess that one. Back then, you could find some pretty decent powerlifting programs online, and I remember I tried one that allowed you to punch in your maxes, and it would spit out a full 12-week program with the exact poundages, the reps, the sets that you needed to complete every single day. I loved the specificity. I loved having a number to try and hit each time I went into the gym, so I gave it a try. Now the problem was, the program gave very specific numbers, down to the decimal. It would be like, all right, on Monday, you're gonna do five sets of back squats. The first set is at 183.75 pounds for five reps. And then the next set is 197.25 pounds and so on. Now, obviously, in the university gym and in most gyms, you're not going to have 0.75 pound plates or one and a half pound increments, right? But I was determined to do this program as it was written. You know, I had messed up so many programs in the past. I wanted to see this one through and not jump ship. So I went to Canadian Tire and I bought a bunch of chain links, brought them home, weighed them all out. I connected them with a carabiner to make some makeshift incremental weights. Put them all in a duffel bag. So I had half pound increments, quarter pound increments, you name it, I had it. And I would lug this fucking duffel bag to the gym with me every single day. You could hear me coming from a mile away. It sounded like the inmates on death row getting transferred out of a bus every single time I walked into the gym. Just chains rattling back and forth. And when I set up on my bench press, and I reached into that bag to pull out some chain links. People, rightfully so, looked at me funny. All this because I wanted to follow a program and see it through the way that it was written. Now, over the years, my experience with trying programs, creating my own, toying with all the different variables, I finally feel like I'm in a place where we have created something robust. It's adaptable, creative, effective, and most importantly, it's fun. I've done so many programs 
where I was really excited at the beginning. And by the time I'm in the eighth week, my body would be broken. Um, you know, my brain would be burnt out and I'd be ready for the next big thing. I think we have finally created something that has longevity and can still pack a powerful punch in terms of producing results and being genuine to what our grand goals are. It has been some time since we have de-affiliated from the CrossFit brand, and it took a while to step out of that shadow to create something unique to us. But now when people step in our gym, they understand that you know what we do is not CrossFit. This is something else. It's something entirely different. It's where a meathead can go to move better while still getting his or her pump on. It's where the cardio junkie can still chase their endorphin rush, but at the same time start building muscle and some horsepower to back that engine. It's where retired varsity athletes come to stay in somewhat competitive atmosphere and physical culture. It's where moms guilty of leaving their children at home finally make the time to work on themselves so they can show up for their families even more. Where dads who are burnt out and took the dad bod trend way too seriously can rekindle their college days and we can put the whole I used to be able to do XYZ back in the day to rest. This is Workhorse and in this episode I'm going to break down this week's programming at our spot, give you guys an idea of what happens here. It's not boot camp, it's not CrossFit, it's our version of fitness for aesthetics, for athleticism and the answer to finding your inner alpha. Welcome to Workhorse Radio, a station for the nation where conversation can hopefully give birth to motivation, education, and insight. Rocket fuel to expedite results in your journey and maybe the kick in the pants that you need to take ownership of your life. This will be a sounding board for all things that surround what we call our growth triangle, the foundation of which our brand is built on. This includes the evolution of the coach, evolution of the client, and evolution of the culture. I offer experience told through stories messages of wisdom adopted after falling from grace perspective because having another set of eyes sometimes allow you to see some things you wouldn't otherwise see put on your seatbelt time is short and i've got a lead foot this is episode 14 now in this episode i'm going to go over what a sample week of training looks like at the workhorse fitness company and if you're a member at the workhorse nation this episode will be a recap of the stimulus for each workout and what you can expect this week for programming now let's start with monday i know international chest day falls on monday worldwide and it's sacrilege to do anything but at the beginning of the week however we run a different kind of church here We like to set the tone here on Mondays. Mondays tend to be a lower body focus day, primarily a squat variation of some sort, some unilateral work, and an ongoing warrant for everybody's quads. Now, it's important to understand that we work with the general population, and that doesn't really mean anything unless you put it into some specifics. Gen pop at one gym could differ from gen pop at another gym. Gen pop for us means people who have lives outside of the gym. Maybe they've got families, careers, other hobbies, but they use the gym to become a more confident, capable human being. These aren't people that just enjoy sitting on a recumbent bike, who come to the gym with their nails and their hair done. These people are coming to the gym to kill. They want to smash weights, get stronger, build muscle, learn new skills, and walk that fine line between staying here in this present moment and letting Jesus take the wheel every once in a while. Basically, these people, even though they are gen pop, still want to get jacked and still want to fuck shit up. So our programming has to reflect that. 
we need to bring the energy out of these people in our programming. So Monday, there's no fucking excuses. This is the day where we tax your CNS the most. You know you're going to be sore the next day. You understand the consequences of the work that we have to do, but also believe in the benefits that you will see in the end. So yesterday was Monday, and on Mondays, we smash legs with an emphasis on quads. We just finished up a strength cycle around the back squat a couple weeks ago and lately have been doing more high volume hypertrophy work um, to start building muscle off of the solid foundation that we had set up. So this week we had front squats as our main lift and then even though we're in a more of a hypertrophy phase, I still like to start the session off with some higher load strength work just to get participation from as many of the muscle fibers as possible and get the central nervous system firing. We did eight sets of doubles on Monday for the front squat with um, each set getting gradually heavier. And the cool thing about our program is that everything that we do is logged and it's tracked. So yesterday was a good day to see if the work that we've been putting in is still moving everyone forward. And how we come to this realization is at the end of the day, we take a look at the scores of all the members that came in. Now we track this data daily, weekly, and also on a monthly basis. So when someone hits a personal best or you know they've done something that they've never done before, they get this little gold star next to their name. And it just lets us know that the programming is doing its thing. You know, if I look at a day and out of the 100 people that came in, 90 of them got a gold star, I'll take that. It means that the programming is working. If only 30% of the people who came in got stronger that day, we got to reanalyze. We got to look at what we're doing and see where we're going wrong. And I think that's the inherent weakness of doing things like like boot camps where, you know, nothing is tracked. You don't really know if you're getting any better because there's nothing to base it off of. And it's not for for everybody, but when we program, we are programming with progression in mind. Anybody can make someone sweat, but it takes some strategy and some finesse to get someone advancing in their strength, cardiovascular health, uh, flexibility, etc. So, you know, back to the day after they hit their heavy set of two on the front squat, we moved into some barbell cyclist squats. Now, if you're an avid squatter, um, you will eventually hit a ceiling with how much you can progress from doing the same movement over and over again. But sometimes a little tweak here, a little modification there can be a game changer. The cyclist squat, if you have never done them before, is a squat with your heels elevated. We use a 10 pound rubber plate at the gym. And what this does is it allows you to sit a little bit taller in the bottom of your squat because your knees can now track over your toes with the extra heel elevation. This places some mean, mean emphasis on your quads. If this is the weak point in your regular back squats, they are a good exercise to throw into the mix. Or if you're like us and you just wanna grow these teardrops so they poke out of your shorts, this is the one. We use what I call a, a ballerina stance on Monday where you keep the heels a little bit closer together and you point the toes outward. This combination is already an absolute dumpster fire for your quads, but to add more gasoline into the mix, we did it with a tempo of four seconds down over the course of 10 reps. This will force the lifter to choose a much lighter weight and really hone in on the mind-to-muscle connection. Four sets of 10, short rest in between. This pretty much had everyone walking on ice by the end of the session. Um, and you know, it ain't all fun and games. Part of preserving the longevity for an exercise program comes from doing the mundane, boring stuff. So in this case, instead of just resting, they're contemplating what you just did with your life. We superset this with some Copenhagen hip lifts. We've all heard the cue, drive your knees out to the point where, you know, people kind of forgot the, the adductors need love too. So this exercise can strengthen the adductors and the hip. And it can also prevent strains and also keep your knees tracking properly. 
If you've never tried them before, Copenhagen hip lifts, I'd refrain from trying the straight leg ver- version off the hop um, unless you feel like you know having your groin torn out of your pants. Try the bent knee version first and then work your way to the more advanced version down the road. And then to end this session, we do a 10 minute couplet of 12 cows or 10 cows on a bike paired with 10 Bulgarian split squats on each leg. And we're trying to repeat that cycle as many times as possible in a 10 minute window. This keeps the blood in the legs, allows for a lot of volume in a short period of time, and it doesn't add any more heavy loads on the spine. It's a quick finisher, leaves your legs feeling like two massive balloon animals. And this whole thing is done in 60 minutes, including warm up, cool down, and instructions from one of our coaches. This is pretty typical for a Monday. Uh, You know, we carve a bit of time out for lower body strength work, some accessory work that builds to that lift, and then a lower body bias finisher to end the day. Now on Tuesdays, we alternate between an upper body push day or gymnastics focused work, and this alternates every other week. Our upper body work can vary from overhead pressing like shoulder presses, push presses, and jerks, or horizontal pressing variations like flat, low incline benching, etc. The gymnastics portion will vary between building gymnastics strength in strict positions and then building muscle endurance with each one. This week, we test our work capacity with a mix of both. The workout for Tuesday this week is five sets of five-minute rounds with one-minute rest in between. Now, during each five-minute block, the goal is to accumulate as many rounds as possible of eight barbell push presses, eight step-down box jumps, eight pull-ups, and then 20 double-unders. The goal for the entirety of the five minutes is to stay moving. So the weights and the variations of these movements are chosen based on your ability to go relatively unbroken. For those of you listening who are not familiar with the term unbroken, it just refers to your ability to complete the rep scheme without having to break it up. So in this case, the barbell push press, for example, is for eight reps. I wanna choose a weight that I could rep out 12 to 15 times. This way, eight reps unbroken is not only doable, but it's doable under fatigue and with the addition of the other exercises and the mere fact that you're gonna be working for 25 total minutes. This is where I see the mistake being made with a lot of CrossFit workouts is sometimes people get so focused with the arbitrary RX or prescribed weight or variation that they forget about what is most important, which is the stimulus of the workout itself. So for example, let's say I told everyone that 135 pounds was the suggested weight for this workout. What am I really basing that off of? I'm definitely not considering everyone's strength level because if Joe has a max push press of 275 pounds, then sure, 135 is going to feel great for him. But what if Mark has a push press one rep max of 150 pounds? That 135 is going to get real heavy really quick. And now what's going to happen is he's going to have to take longer breaks and what is already only a five-minute window to work. So two different people working with two completely different workouts if I prescribe the exact same weight. So the only time we really like to prescribe a weight is if we intend to use that particular workout as a benchmark workout, which means that we will revisit this exact workout at a later date, which also means that we would be working on the individual components of the workout itself to identify our weaknesses, to become more efficient with that workout overall. So for example, let's say the push press, the box jumps, the pull-ups, all of it feels really good for you, but you struggle on the double-unders. You can't do 20 of them unbroken. You're flailing your arms instead of spinning from your wrists. You jump higher than you need to, and the frustration of the rope whipping you in the back of the head, shredding up any exposed skin you have, really starts to piss you off. 
This is all energy seeping activity. Now imagine you take some time to develop your double under skill. You become more efficient at them. You waste less energy. Now all of a sudden you can attack this five round workout with more confidence, more success, ultimately more effort because now you're not limited by your skill. Now you're limited by your engine. So our Tuesday tip, uh, Tuesdays are typically either an upper body intensive day or we alternate with gymnastics focused work. Sometimes it'll be a benchmark workout. Sometimes it'll just be a block of work for training purposes. And uh, this week happens to be a little bit of both. And we test everyone's battery to see what their work capacity is like. Okay, now moving on to Wednesday. Wednesday is one of my favorite days. Typically, we have a lot of people who may still be sore from Monday's leg workout, but hump day is for the rump. So whereas we focused on mainly the quads and the anterior chain on Monday, we focus more on the backside midweek. We're talking all things posterior chain, the upper lower traps, the lats, the rhomboids, the erectors, hammies, glutes, all the good power producing stuff. You're going to see our deadlift programming and its variations show up here. Um, and on the odd week, you're also going to see technical skill work for the clean and jerk. We give most people the option of learning the snatch. It's not something that we push anymore since most people in the gym, I find, don't have the prerequisite mobility to even practice the technique with that movement. Um, this week happens to fall on our weightlifting skill week. So we have panda pulls. We have some no feet cleans on the menu. Uh, those of you who enjoy weightlifting or maybe you just dabble, you know how complex this movement can be. So bar none, probably the most technical thing you're going to do with the barbell in the gym. There's a lot of moving pieces. The execution happens in a split second. And the movement itself is just very unnatural, which is why so many people suck at it. But it's also why the movement itself is fun to learn. It gives you something to work towards. And anyone that enjoys weightlifting will tell you how frustrating it can be. But when that light bulb moment hits and everything is just right where it needs to be, the bar feels weightless, and there's nothing more addicting than that feeling in the gym. It is so primal. Take this heavy-ass weight off the floor and put it over your head. So simple, but the process is so complex. So this week, we work on building some confidence under the bar for the clean. It can be very scary to dive under a heavy barbell, which is why sometimes you will see people with a much heavier power clean than they do a squat clean. If you think about it, it doesn't really make any sense. A power clean where you are receiving the bar above parallel has to physically travel a much farther distance than a full clean where you can catch in the bottom of your squat. Wednesday's workout has two main focal points, one being the panda pull, or some people like to call it the clean pull under, um, where we teach you to use your upper body to pull under the bar after the extension of your hips, as opposed to trying to get the bar to sail any higher. The goal is to try and receive the bar at the height of its pull. The goal is to receive the bar at the height of its pull. And to be conservative, a barbell doesn't need to travel much higher than your belly button for a lifter to get under it. So it's partially an act of speed, but more often than not, it's an act of confidence and commitment. So we will be drilling that for the majority of Wednesday's session. Now, there's a lot of people out there that will be intimidated by these kind of lifts, and that's okay. But remember that fear is a great motivator. And unlike most places out there, you know, the gym is a place where it is okay to fail. Failure is actually welcomed because that means that you're trying something foreign to you outside of your comfort zone. And if you're failing, that means that there's room for learning to be had, for growth to be had, for improvement. And those things keep people in the gym. If everything was easy, you would never feel accomplished. You kind of have to go through the trenches to get a taste of that satisfaction. So if you've been curious but also hesitant, don't be. 
find someone who knows what they're talking about with weightlifting and I suggest you give it a go. So moving on to Thursdays, you either love it or you hate it. Thursdays at our gym tend to be our aerobic capacity days. It's where the cardio bunnies flock and where the meatheads tend to shy away. The beauty of being in a group program though is that you don't ever need to suffer alone. If misery loves company, you will find great friends here. Thursdays tend to include our machines like the rower, the bike, the ski, the airdyne, when the weather's nice out, sometimes even running. You can't argue that cardio is good for you, and in some aspect, um, you know, you might not want to run a marathon, but it is good for your health, for your heart, for your lungs, for your recovery to get some kind of cardio in. So Thursdays tend to be that day. It's a non-negotiable. We tend to push the engine, and uh, very rarely will you see anything overly technical or CNS invasive on a Thursday. This is a day where I don't want you to think. I just want you to put the blinders on and fucking go. Um, this week, we have a team effort on Thursday as a group of three. The goal is to complete 300 calories on the bike, 300 calories on the rower, 300 calories on the ski, with only one partner working at a time. Your partner's work time is your rest time and vice versa. The setup is super simple, and how you strategize to finish the work is completely up to you and your team. This style of workout is a fun way for competition to kind of sprinkle its way into your week without keeping the risk of without with keeping the risk of injury relatively low and the fun factor relatively high. And by the end of the day, you know, you can get your cardio in and you can suffer with the people around you instead of doing it by yourself. Speaking of fun, Fridays, beloved downtown pump Fridays, where you bring your sleeveless deep cut v-neck tee to the gym. At Workhorse, this is the day where the masses flood to the mirrors. Call it vain, call it whatever the hell you want, but there is nothing wrong with someone wanting to look better. It's not always about just performing and for health and for wellness. Confidence and how you show up plays a huge factor in the quality of how you spend your life. And I see nothing wrong with someone wanting to add muscle to a particular area or what have you. To me, it's no different than someone wanting to change their hair color, get their lashes done, go tanning, whatever. If you feel better about yourself, you show up better. And there's no greater self-respect you can give your body than to work on what you want inside the gym. Fridays are for bodybuilding. We don't worry about how heavy the weights are. We want mind to muscle connection. We want certain muscles to grow. We want certain ones to fire. We want to feel the exercises. This serves as dessert at the end of a really hard week of training. Fridays alternate on the focus muscle group. So one week we might do like a traditional body part split. You'll see back and shoulders, chest and arms, etc. But this is one of my favorite days to program because the variation doesn't just come from adding more load to the barbell or dumbbell. Here we get to manipulate tempos, range of motion. We add things like pre-exhaustion sets, drop sets, um, sets where we give you the mechanical advantage as you start to tire. But there's a lot of room for creativity on these days. And I find for the most part, people come into these days much more lighthearted. You know, if you walk into a Wednesday and we're doing three rep max deadlifts, that's a completely different mindset when you walk through our doors. You know, like you're you're summoning some demons to get through that workout. Fridays are just so much more chill. The atmosphere is great and our community loves chasing the pump. And it's one of those things that I feel was absent when we were a CrossFit gym because the quality time on isolating weak areas and bringing up certain muscles to help with bigger lifts just wasn't there. I remember there was one point when we were laughed at simply for having benches because the bench press was not considered functional. And you don't really think it is until you have to you know, push somebody out of the way. But on this particular Friday, 
we're doing some pre-fatigue work for the chest with high rep flies and then we move into some high incline pressing at a higher rep range and then we finish off with some isolated shoulder work very very bodybuilding-esque now for a while especially in the fitness community bodybuilding got a bit of a bad rep but I, I think it definitely has its value in the fitness space a lot of times people get so obsessed with moving big numbers you know they forget to take care of their muscle imbalances they forget to give attention to tendons and ligaments and bodybuilding is fantastic for that it's also a really great way to work on your range of motion and to get an active stretch for your muscles as opposed to just doing passive work with static stretching all the time and also mainly though like you know getting a pump is pretty sweet loading up the pre-workout blasting some tunes doing a damn thing maybe it's just me and the people that come to our gym but it's a fucking fantastic way to start your weekend especially if you're going downtown you know you get like this crazy pump and you paint the town red at the club yeah no i'm just I'm just kidding. Don't go too crazy with the alcohol and sleepless nights. You're going to throw all your gains in the fucking garbage. I'm a dad. I don't pretend to live that life anymore. I'm just here for the pre-pump party, and I'm usually asleep for the real thing because I need to get ready, and I need to rest up for our Saturday class. Saturday is the community throwdown at our gym. We break up into teams, and we throw down. By far, some of the most fun I have during the week is on Saturday, it's a great time to get the social bug out, to sweat with friends, to cheer each other on, and bask in some friendly competition. This day sums up all of the great things that CrossFit does. It draws community, intensity, togetherness, and usually on Saturdays we will link some kind of local outreach as well, whether it's a coffee and community day, um, or we might have some beers post-workout from a local brewery. It's just a feel-good day to be part of something much more than fitness. This is the day where we really reel in on human connection. And after all the lockdowns and working out on Zoom from this pandemic, this is the draw that gets people in our doors because you can't mimic this from home. You can't get the same feeling watching someone through a screen or working out by yourself in the garage. The social aspect of your mental health is just as important as anything physical. And being part of a place that gives you this sense of belonging, it's a very powerful piece to have in your life. You never quite realize it until it's gone. Um, but it's a good thing that, you know, we don't plan on going anywhere anytime soon. Now, finally, we get to the last day of the week, which is Sunday. After six days of heavy lifting, hard breathing, team throwdowns, and skill building, it's time for the recovery chamber. Sundays are either taken as rest days, but if you're sick like us in the head, you tend to want to do something each day. Sundays, we flush, we add some midline, we bring back quality and restore movement patterns. There's also an hour of flexibility that you do with Coach Dylan, long static holds, um, just an opportunity to relax, bring back that parasympathetic nervous system, and chill the fuck out. Because as much as you want to add more to your plate, at some point, you have to learn that progress can only occur with some balance. And in order to take two steps forward, sometimes you got to take a step back and let your body catch up. So this week, we have a good block of work on the machines at a much lower intensity coupled with some midline exercises, some unilateral work, and some active stretching. We've got some dive bomber push-ups in there to encourage movement of the scaps. We've got some one-arm dumbbell row work from the single leg RDL stance to encourage some cross-body control, and then always some posterior chain activation. Um, in this case, we're doing it with some banded hamstring marches. And that, my friends, is a quick, dirty look at one week with us at the Workhorse Fitness Company. Our theory has always been to take what works and scrap what doesn't. We borrow from each strength sport, from each modality, 
and we use it for our ultimate goal, which is to create a confident, competent human being who's not only jacked, but can perform and take on tasks without batting an eye. To be able to go through life inside and outside of the gym and make decisions on confidence and not out of fear. Fitness can be a lot of things, but if this sounds like it's up your alley, you need to share this podcast with your mom and all her friends and then immediately contact us to get started. Until next time, ponies, get back in the saddle and let's get your ass back to work.